This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Aaron Hawksworth, and J-Rod here with you. And we will get to our conversation pertaining to NFL defensive backs in just a bit. But first, a little bit of breaking news. And it's a Woj bomb. Michael Jordan is finalizing a sale of the Charlotte Hornets to a group led by Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, ending his 13-year run as majority owner. League sources told ESPN on Friday. An agreement is expected to be signed soon. Plotkin, a minority owner with the Hornets, and Schnall, who has been a minority owner with Atlanta, will become the franchise's governors once the NBA completes its vetting and approval process. Again, that's from Adrian Wojnarowski. And perhaps, Aaron, this is one of the reasons why the market has moved the way it has to where it's uh, slightly more of a coin flip as far as who will go number two overall in the NBA draft because there, there are a lot of permutations, right? It could be that Scoot Anderson impresses more or that perhaps under new ownership or you know a louder voice within the organization – that the Hornets decide to trade the pick, in which case maybe that opens up the door for someone not named Brandon Miller to make a charge. Yeah, it's a great point because whenever new ownership comes in, usually changes are going to be made or there could be differing opinions on something like this. So this would definitely be a situation where I'd be monitoring the news, Twitter, looking for any edge possible before, you know, you, you make that decision to try to find some good value on who's going to go number two overall. I also want to say congratulations to Michael Jordan because he bought the team for $180 million back in 2010. His ROI is insane. $1.77 billion. Whew, that must him. be nice. The rich get richer. Congratulations no to kidding. Michael Jordan. <laughs> and some would say congratulations to the charlotte hornets <laughs> no more michael jordan <laughs> you know yeah. you know what in the name of frank kaminsky is going on out there so i listen i, <laughs> I think it's a, it's an interesting dynamic only because when new ownership comes in maybe they don't want a lot of money on the books maybe they want to say listen maybe maybe to your point maybe let's trade this pick and not spend all that money that it's going to cost us uh, to get a Henderson or Miller or to get a number two pick and, and we can build for the future. But I know there's a lot of people staring at their phones, updating their LinkedIn profiles because there may be some wholesale changes going on in Charlotte right now. Let's move on now to the gridiron. And when it comes to the AFC, yeah, we talk about the Bills a lot. We talk about the Jets with Aaron Rodgers and all these other great quarterbacks. And maybe we're trying to find dark horses like with the Chargers or something like that. 
let's be real though. It's the Chiefs and it's the Bengals. And then after that, you're dealing with another tier. And perhaps that's why we have a little back and forth here in mid-June with these two teams. So Joe Burrow came out and said that Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL, certainly the best quarterback. And Jamar Chase was asked about this, and his response was, Pat who? And so Pat responded uh, once he got his second Super Bowl ring uh, with a photo of him posing with two rings, saying, that's who. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Nice and subtle there uh, by the Chiefs quarterback. Nicely done. Uh, But here's the thing. To me, this this back and forth is representative of why both teams, you know, have sort of a, a healthy hatred uh, with each other. Because, yes, they've, you know, played each other in the AFC Championship game and the regular season matchups have been always intriguing. To me, this points to this idea that to get to the Super Bowl, you got to go through the other team. And, yeah, the Bills matter, the Jets matter, all these other teams matter. But in terms of who you are focusing on, who you are game planning against to get to the Super Bowl, Aaron. For the Chiefs, it's the Bengals, and for the Bengals, it's the Chiefs. I love it. I think it's great for the game. I mean, if you're Jamar Chase and you see Pat Mahomes respond with that, I mean, you got to laugh a little inside, right? I mean, Jamar Chase is probably not a dummy. He knew what he was doing. They already have the burrow head thing. Like, these two teams just go back and forth. I think it's great entertainment. It's good for the game. And it's kind of out of character for Patrick Mahomes, right? To to be a trash talker. He's usually the, the guy in the back. Usually it's his brother making all the news on social media. Uh, I, I I think I think it's you know I think it's awesome and what it does to me it tells me that these games for the Chiefs and the Bengals uh, every regular season game is so important because at the end of the day you want those playoff games especially the AFC Championship game to be at Arrowhead or to be in Cincinnati you don't want to go on the road you want to get that game at home. Um, to, to make sure you have as big an advantage. So all of a sudden, a, you know, a week two game in Arizona or a, a, you know, a week four game you know, somewhere is so important because you want to get that game at, at your place and make that team travel. We, we talked about how so important it was for Buffalo to get those games in Buffalo in, in, in for Kansas City and Cincinnati. I love that we have this. This is sort of like, remember when we had you know Manning and Brady and the Colts and the Patriots? I think this is the new Manning and Brady. Yeah, it Might really be. is. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it might very well be. And that's that's what the new generation is going to enjoy. And uh, we're going to be treated to that, uh, you know, probably every single year for uh, the next little bit. At some point, they will be on a collision course. Maybe not in the AFC Championship game, uh, but at some point during the season. And the games are always electric. They're always fire. And uh, the, the, that should continue, especially now that there's a little bit of bad blood that's been vocalized. So that ought to be good. So PFF has come out with a list of the top 10 cornerbacks from last season based upon passer rating allowed. And as far as the top of this list goes, James Bradbury leads the way for the Eagles, then J.C. Horn for the Panthers, Sauce Gardner for the Jets, Alante Taylor for the Saints. And 
the question then is, okay, what's, what's the betting impact as far as looking at this list is concerned? Well, one thing that I would point to is that it's a little bit more complicated than just saying, okay, well, if this team has a hot shot wide receiver going up against this hot shot cornerback, then you need to go under on, say, receiving yards or receiving touchdowns or something like that because defense wins championships or cornerbacks are really good or whatever. I think it's way mm-hmm. more complicated than that because, in part, the market factors in the defense that a wide receiver is going up against. So don't forget that the market knows these things as well. But then also, too, you want to look at, say, how much a defense plays man coverage versus, say, zone, where you've got a safety lurking around. That could impact things. Or maybe an offense is uh, playing the yards after catch kind of a game where if, say, a cornerback is backing off and, say, you know, your hotshot receiver, you know, catches something over the middle, like a little two-yard dump off, but turns it into, say, a 40-yard gain because of yak, you also need to keep in mind offensive versatility. And so while it's important to know the personnel you are analyzing, perhaps what's even more important is knowing offensive versatility and what kind of coverages a defense would play against that offensive versatility to see if there are mismatches that you can exploit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, I was thinking about our LOL list in baseball. (laughs) I'd like to make a burnt toast list and look at the worst cornerbacks and try to fade them. You know, that I like it. It, Yeah, so maybe we can uh, work on that before football season starts, a burnt toast list. But, um, yeah, I mean, even just looking at – you know, the Eagles and Bradbury. I mean, I looked at like the, their first four games and, you know, do you want to look at like a Mac Jones interception or Juju to go under against the Patriots in week one? I mean, there's so many different ways you can look at this. It also depends on how the cornerback and receivers are going to be matched up. I mean, there's so many layers to it, like you said, Ed, that I don't think there's one thing you could pinpoint. But I do think overall, if you're if you kind of have things mapped out a bit, it makes your handicapping week to week a little bit easier if you get a leg up. Like, okay, here's a matchup I may want to exploit when this time comes with this, you know, um, with Bradbury, for example, you know, and you can look at, okay, is, is he going to be on Juju or how is this going to work out? And then you could kind of take a look at the props and look at the odds that week. Yeah, I think, I think that's excellent because also, you know, you check, you check their divisions that they're in. Like I look, I look at Elante Taylor of the saints. He's going up against what Baker Mayfield, you know, we don't know what Bryce Young's going to be. We think he's going to be okay, you know, and then in Atlanta. So it's easy to have success when you don't have a guy that can get the ball maybe necessarily to those wide receivers, you know, and so it's easier to play, which to me it was much more impressive what a Sauce Gardner did in the Jets, you know, having to deal with the Dolphins and the Bills. You know, that to me is more impressive mm-hmm. because of, of, the, of the quality of, of play that there's going to be. There are three defenses – 
in terms of takeaways from this list, there are three defenses that I think we need to be we need to keep a careful eye on because they may very well shut down some prominent wide receivers. First would be the Lions, because two of these cornerbacks on this list now belong to the Lions. Cameron Sutton, who was in Pittsburgh for a while, and Jerry Jacobs uh, now with the Lions. So in terms of passer rating allowed, uh, both of them were in the top 10 among cornerbacks. And to me, especially given that the Lions played a lot of man coverage last season, that leads me to believe that you've got some shutdown cornerbacks who can handle just about any challenge thrown their way. So bear that in mind as far as competition, if you're looking, say, at quick peripherals about opponents and who wide receivers are going up against. So the Lions would be one I would think about. Another two, the Jaguars. Really underrated secondary as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Tyson Campbell uh, did, did really well in terms of uh, yards allowed per snap. They weren't really tar- – uh, quarterbacks weren't really targeting Campbell very much, and that shows. Uh, also, too, in terms of, say, receptions underexpected, uh, Darius Williams was really good there. So you've got, you know, some key cornerbacks and some solid safeties in Jacksonville. That is a defense uh, to be mindful of. And then the last would be the Broncos, Patrick Sertan – uh, really, really good, and you know, depending upon uh, who else is healthy there, uh, the Broncos could be mighty, mighty scary and formidable, Aaron. Yeah, I think it's great. I, I would love to do more of this and try to just get like more clarity before week one to kind of see how I'm going to break down these props. I love looking at this kind of stuff. For sure. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, all the ways we're playing today's MLB card, including if we should fade a defending Cy Young Award winner right here on the BetQL Network.